Hey there, and welcome to the podcast Tiling Connect, hosted by Mark Moskwa. This show is designed to connect people with the best information intended to strengthen the business of tiling. To keep up to date with all the episodes, don't forget to subscribe. Hey everybody, Mark here from Tiling Connect and welcome to today's episode. I have the uh, honour and privilege of uh, speaking with Nick Mazniowski from Precision, Precision Waterproofing Group. Nick, how did I go? Did I get that right? Yeah, you done really well. Ah, uh, excellent. Yeah, <laughs> Nick and I. Nick, before the recording started, Nick and I were uh, practicing the pronunciation of his surname. Um, so, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure Nick will share more about that um, throughout the course of, uh, of today's episode. But welcome, mate. Um, how you been? Yeah, good. Just been busy with work, um, just running around, trying to organise. But, yeah, everything's been really good. Can't complain at the start of the year. Excellent, mate. Yeah, it seems pretty uh, busy out there. I mean, as long as you keep your head out of the uh, the news headlines, I think we're all uh, we're all doing pretty well. Yeah, that's it. That's the best. Yeah, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us today. I want to uh, sort of get um, – just dive straight in and um, find out about you. So, mate, look. Um, the floor is yours, as uh, they say in uh, in show business. Please uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit m- more about you and your background and and your um, career in the the building and construction industry. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, my name's Nick Mazniowski, and I'm the owner of Precision Waterproofing Group. Um, I left school at the age of fifteen because my dad needed an apprentice, and he go he asked me to. I wanted to leave and I said yeah so I took up tiling at the age of 15 and me and dad worked together for about 20 years and in the last couple of years I've had a passion in waterproofing and uh, just took it on from there and just made the change from tiling to waterproofing love tiling it was a great gig yep for 20 years hurt the body at some stage and but yeah, just wanted to make a change and I just didn't like the way the industry was going with the waterproofers out there and what was happening and I felt like I could be, yeah, just give a bit more knowledge and learn a bit more out there. So it was good to make the change. Yeah, fantastic, man. Um, so does that make you a second-generation tiling contractor in the family? Yep, second, just from me to dad. Dad tried to get my brother involved, but nah, my brother didn't want to do it. No. <laughs> he went he he didn't become a tradie, so at least he didn't get messy like us. So yep. he's got a nice clean job, but it's all good. Awesome. Um, yeah. And where did where did your dad learn his um skills as a, a as a tiling trade? Was it um here in Australia? No, dad learned it here in Melbourne. Um he he started really young. He started probably, I think it was like 13 or 14. Wow. Um, he worked in the markets and then he met someone and they're like, oh, they're looking for a worker. And dad's like, yep, yeah, no worries. Jumped in. And yeah, ever since then, he's been tiling. He tiled for over 40 or over 45 years of tiling. Wow. So he saw the changes. He saw all the different changes and yeah, like. Even waterproofing was a big one for him. I remember when I said to him, Dad, I'm going to go do a waterproofing course. He goes, oh, what for? Why do we need it? Uh-huh. You, know, you don't need that. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, you know, and I did it. And then, yeah, then we introduced waterproofing into our business and we kept doing tiling and waterproofing. Yeah, fantastic, man. That's awesome. That and um, and uh, is it, are you uh, working as a sole trader or do you have some, you know, some employees as well? Um, I'm a company, um, yep. and I've got two boys that are working with me at the moment. Beautiful. I've got my apprentice, well, now fully qualified, my apprentice that's been with me for five years. Um, so he got to see a fair bit of tiling and then now into the waterproofing. So that's good. And now we've got a new guy that's been with us for just about a year now. So, and he's doing his tiling apprenticeship as well. Mm. Right. So he can learn the ins and outs of tiling as well, not just as waterproofing. So he's done his certificate three in waterproofing. He done that last year. Now this year he's starting his tile apprenticeship so he can learn. So I get get them to learn tiling as well, not just waterproofing. 
Yeah, what do you think? Um, in in your from your perspective, what do you think is the big advantage in having um, a full scope of the different trades when you're learning to do one specific trade? Um, I reckon it, it's. I reckon it has. You have to have it. Like you have to learn different things as you're going, not just one thing. Like I know a fair few trades. You know, like you'd think they know about other trades in that area, but they don't know nothing. And you're like, oh, you've worked in like a bathroom for so long, but you don't know what a tiler needs or a plasterer needs, like things yeah. like that. But as in like when me growing up, dad, dad used to build as well, but dad taught me along the way on other things. So that's what I've done for my boys. And now they know what to look for. So they walk in, they were like, oh, we need to fix this for the plasterer. We can't do this because of the tile. I'll stuff him up. So I always just try to teach them other things. So I'm just always like, just don't look at just the tile and look at everything. Mm. Even if we rock up to a job and the plasterer is plastering in the bedroom, just five minutes, just watch him, see what he does. Because you might need to know how to stick on a plaster sheet one day. Yeah. So that's what we do. We, I just, yeah, learned that from dad. And yeah, and I try to teach my boys that too. Yeah, nice. And the uh, and your your apprentices um, and and workers are they uh, they excited about the working in the in the game or is it because I've I've heard some I've heard some heard and seen some mixed results out there with obviously there's a there is a skill shortage right across many many different industries. Um, yep. But you know how did, how did you you know what about what about your team? I mean how did you, how did you find how do you find you know great quality people to work in the business? Um. I was very lucky, um, came across my boy, well, my first guy at my footy club, local footy club. Yeah. Um, I needed a worker. We're doing um, the good old sand and cement screeding days. Oh, nice. And I go to dad, I can't lift buckets. I need someone to help me lift. And so I went to my brother at the footy club. I go to him, hey, is there any kids here that want to just work for the day? And my brother goes, yeah, go ask him. Went up to Gave him a call. He goes, yep, I'll come in for the day. And he turned around to me on that day. He goes, I actually like it. He goes, I wouldn't mind learning it. I'm like, you know what? Done. Just yeah. that's it. You're locked so, in full so time. Yep. And the second one was I was doing a job for a friend and they were a high school teacher. And he goes, oh, I've got a kid that's doing VCAL and he's looking for extra uh, new job. He was doing carpentry, but he didn't like it. Okay. Yeah, send him over. Oh, you know. I'll give him a crack. I'll see what happens. And yeah, he came in. He saw. I told him what we do, and he was like, "Yep, no dramas. Oh, let's go with it." And then yeah, got him down to the footy club too. So like my two workers, they play footy together. They've become. They've created a friendship. So it's good. Uh, everyone likes to come to work. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah really, really cool. Good. Very cool. Well, mate. Um. You've got Nick. You've got twenty years of experience in tiling, uh, ten years experience in waterproof and, and, epox and epoxy floor applicating. Yep. Tell me more about how you see the industry at the moment. Um, what's going on in the game? I mean, you're, you're based in Melbourne, right? So you've got a you're in probably one of the biggest capital cities of, of Australia. Um, and yep. I was there for ten years as well, so I know, I know just how big it is. Yeah. Um, What's happening in the game? You know, what's happening particularly in waterproofing? Um, you know, are we still seeing? Are you still seeing some really good quality outcomes there across the industry, or or um, or is, or is there room for improvement? Yeah, um, there's always room for improvement for I reckon every trade. Yeah, um, but with the waterproofing, it's grown uh, awesome at the moment. It's getting better. We've got some great guys out there pushing like for the inspections and things like that. That I reckon it's great. Um, it is, it is getting better slowly. Builders are learning that waterproofing is, isn't a tiling trade. It's a separate mm. trade, just like how they found out corking's a different trade. Yep. Um, and builders are starting to listen to the waterproofers and the tilers and not just letting them, you know, just, oh, just go do this and it's not ready at all. Mm. And a lot of waterproofers are putting their foot down and saying, no, nah, we're not doing that. So get it fixed or get it ready or do it like this next time and we'll come. But then again, you still got the guys that will just waterproof whatever's in front of them. They don't care. Um, but it is getting better and better. Um, I'm liking that we're going down the route of licensing waterproofers. 
Mm. Because I don't like, I personally don't like the fact that everyone's asking for certificates for a trade that's not licensed. Yeah. So who's backing us up, you know, going to help us? We don't have like the plumbers and electricians, uh, an inspector that comes out and inspects our work. Even prior, before we start, we need someone to be out there to inspect it and say, yep, this is all good, ready to go for waterproofing. And then after we're finished saying, yep, it's all ticked the boxes, this, this is perfect, now you can start tiling. We need that out there, not just for us waterproofers and for the builders too because sometimes when a tiler does waterproofing, um, you know, a lot of tilers will just quickly put down the waterproofing before the builder gets there and I'll then I'll start laying tiles and the builder doesn't know what's happened. Mm. So that's why it's good now. A lot of builders don't let their tilers do it. They get an actual waterproofer in so they can see the stages happening because there's always a break in between. And yeah, and the builder's knowledge is getting better and better at waterproofing and reading the standards and that. Yeah. Yeah, look, there's some some massively important points that you raised there. And um, I've seen over the course of my career um, many areas, or many uh, you know, many areas of, of that could be improved um, with regards to you know the preparation and and obviously waterproofing. Water, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine that waterproofing falls in the same category of of that prep and making sure yeah. that the surface is prepared, prepared before you know the next trade comes through, which is in most cases is tiling. Um, yeah. You know, it may maybe a you know a stone masonry person at some point, depending upon what's been installed. But you know, it's fair to say that ninety five percent of it would be tiling contractors coming through doing the work afterwards. So yeah, um, and waterproofing, it, it's good to see that there is licensing beginning to occur in the industry, and there's more training out there, and there's more people making um, others aware of the right processes and procedures that need to occur. Um, yeah. because I I still still feel as though we're, we've got a long way to go because you know, every time you see a new build in the last sort of you know sort of three to five years there's a there's a horrific amount of um problems out there with some of these jobs yeah. I mean I was looking at a um, buying some property with my partner before we moved back home to Queensland and we lived in Melbourne for 10 years and every property that we went to um they were all built within the last sort of three four years and no word of a lie every balcony had some sort of either structural issue or waterproofing issue or tiling issue because there was just efflorescence everywhere um yeah and and, you know i'm not pointing the finger at anybody because you until you rip up product you don't know what's underneath um yeah but certainly waterproofing um seems to be in the limelight when that sort of stuff occurs would you agree is that sort of what you've seen yeah have seen that a lot and a lot of it falls back down to uh design yeah um you know like i've gone out and inspected jobs i was actually at one today and we're looking at the balcony and it's a very big balcony and they've only got like two 50 mil drains for water to run to oh wow and it's like all this water on here, he's got to go to two 50 mil drains. Like the architect should have said, no, let's put a, a box gutter right at the front there. So all the water to run straight down there away from the house and pick it all up. Yeah, I, f- I feel like a lot of it's design and yep. a lot of the builders at the moment are just saying, well, that's what's on the plan. Just follow the plan and won't take up the responsibility of saying to the architect, nah, let's not do it like this. Let's do it like this. Mm. Make it better. So everyone just follows what the architects draw and the engineers say they have to be done. Mm. Um, so I reckon it comes down to how to start, how it all gets designed, drawn up, and go from there. Yeah, look, it's an interesting point you raise. And, and you know, obviously the design part of it is a huge, um, another huge um, part of the, the concept of, of, of new builds and renovations and things. And um, the need, it's sort of like, people just need to take a breath and slow down and just really yeah. um, engage and communicate more. Is that is that sort of where you think, because I know the building industry has been on um, fast forward for like, I don't know, what, two, three decades. Um, we've just been building and building and building and building and, and we're sort of getting into a sort of a, a period now where there's so much building still to occur because we've got a backlog, backlog, backlog from the pandemic 
um, and then a, a lack of building supplies. And now um, we've got a future issue of not having enough dwellings in Australia. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's right. Every builder is trying to build everything so quick. Yeah. Like, it's like, just slow down and let's think about what you need to be done here. Cause personally, I don't want a phone call in five years' time. They don't want a phone call in five years' time. Let's slow it down and just take that extra month to build it, you know, yeah. and stop putting these deadlines that are ridiculous and you're meant to meet to, you know, it's just from the start. Just I know a fair, I've got a couple of builders that don't work on deadlines. They just say within this time frame, we'll get it done. Yeah. So and the clients are happy to work with them because they they're happy to get a, a great product in the end. Yeah. But then well, I've got other builders that are just no, nah, we need it done by this time. Yeah, so, just get it done. Okay. Yeah, mm. just get it done. Just Keep get moving. it done. Yeah. That should be the that should be the catch motto phrase for the building and construction industry. Just get it done. <laughs> yeah, like, just, just get it done. <laughs> um the um so Nick, tell me a little bit about how you handle your um, or it doesn't have to be specifically your, your, your biggest builders or, or, or anything like that at all, but how do you handle your builders when you're confronted with that type of scenario where they're like, you're obviously a very quality-driven contractor, um, you, you, know, you don't cut corners and you want to make sure that everything's done perfectly because, you know, the customer, um, you know, you have a reputation of course, yeah. uh, of producing high quality. And then you also know that the customers pay good money for, for a job. How do you go about addressing an issue with a builder? Like what's your what's your secret? Um, I'll tell you the truth. If I get a builder that calls me and he's going to be a new builder and he wants to rush me in jobs and already book me in and just says, oh, just get it done type thing, that that's a red flag for me from the start. Yeah. Um, I'll somehow work my way around and probably say no i'm too busy sorry um where a lot of my builders are happy to work with me on timelines and that and i'll say look yes i can get it done in a day but i'm not going to guarantee it so give me two days and i'll be done properly and they'll be like yeah no drums mm. so that's that's what i say straight out to them i'm not going to guarantee it if you want it done quick and i'm not going to do the best job i'm not guaranteeing it and then that's when they'll pull back and be like okay yep what do you want done? I'm like, mm -hmm. I want two days, three days. And they're like, yeah, all right, take your time, get it done right and keep moving. Yeah. Because I say, to them, I'm not going to guarantee it and you're going to probably get a phone call. And it's going to be a phone call where in five years' time you'll be sitting on the couch going, I should have listened to Nick and said, taking that one more day to do that yeah. job. Yeah. So that's, so that's, yeah, that's how I go about it. So, so potentially, you know, the where the jobs don't go right, you know, the net result could potentially be a ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar rectification cost in yeah. redoing the bathroom or yeah. balcony or or alfresco area wherever wherever it might be in the um, yeah, that's in, right. in the home. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And I always yeah, I'm that I'm that type of waterproof. I'll take an extra like I'll go back the next day to do a second coat when I but I could have done it the next day, other uh, that day I was doing it. Yeah, but I'll be like, nah, let's just leave it. I'll come back tomorrow, even if I lose two hours of the day, and I have to work longer that day at another job. It is what it is. I'll yeah. I'll, I'll do it just so I don't have to sit there rushing. Okay, yeah, yeah. awesome, mate. Tell me, I'm really keen, and this is probably one of the questions that I haven't asked a lot of guests in the, guests in the past before. But tell me, how do you go about selecting? the best and most appropriate products to use on your jobs and and do you just stick with one brand or how or do you do you do you, do you use multiple brands how does that work for you in your world um so at the moment i try to stick to one brand mm. and i use one brand for the whole thing but when i got a job coming up i like to do my phone calls and i'll ask around um i'll give a couple of the reps a call that I know, have a chat with them, say, I'm doing this, what do you reckon? Or I'll give my supplier a call and I'll have a chat with him on the phone. I'll be like, what do you reckon? I'm going, I'm doing this, this, and this. Do you reckon I should use this product? He'll be like, yeah, that's actually a really good product. I've got the rep coming in. I'll speak to him about it, you know. Mm. But mainly I just like to stick with one company and just use that because you can't really mix and match waterproofing materials. So I can't have like 
three or four different waterproof companies sitting there because then I'm going to have buckets getting thrown away eventually. Yeah, yeah, of That's, course. So I just try to stick to one. If I have to change, it'll be because a builder has specified that waterproof or we're doing something completely different that we don't really do constantly. Yeah, that's a good point. So that you know, in some of these design um, drafts, there could be specifically specific brands selected to yeah. be used on a product project. Is that would that be is that is that a fair comment? Yeah, yeah. So like I've I use a lot of Gripset. Um, okay, yeah, that's the brand I use. But then like for um, Bryce from Island Tiling, I'll do some of his work. Oh yeah, and, Bryce. Yep. Yep, and I'll have to use Laddercrete on his work. Because that's what he likes and that's what he wants. Mm. So I'll get ladder creep for that for that job, and I'll use it for his. Um, but yeah, if another builder said, "Can you use Artex?" I'm like, "Yep." But this is what I like to use. If he said, mm-hmm. "No, no, no," I want Artex. I want Artex. I'll yep. go out and buy Artex. Okay, it's for him. So I'm happy to work with people. I'm not just that one person. Nah, you have to use my product. Otherwise, I'm not doing it. But yeah. if they want it, I'll do it. Yeah, nice. And if how everyone happy? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, no, you need to. It's um, you're um, you 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 like the on. Well, you are. You're the entrepreneur of your world, and 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 a big part of that is communicating with so many different parties to achieve, um, I suppose utopia in, yeah. in on every project that you that you um, that you touch. Yeah. What um, sure. what um, how important do you think the uh, representatives are of the companies? That work for these brands are they are they an important part of the process? Yeah, they are. Um, they are really they are good at the moment. All of them. Um, like if I need to know anything, like I remember the first time I was using Ladder Creek because Bryce asked me. I called um, the rep Chris Denno. He came out on site, spent the full day with me. Yep. Um, same thing with the boys at Gripset. I was doing their sheet membrane for the first time. Oh, nice. They came and spent the whole day with me on site. We done it all properly, and all all of them do it. Like if you need them, they're there. They help out. And if I've got a question about a job or I'm gonna go inspect the job, I'll get them to come with me too, because they'll turn around and say to the builder, "No, you need to fix this as well." Mm. So that it's always good to have a second set of eyes with you. So when you're going to inspect big jobs, what to do? Because they might pick up pick on something that I haven't picked on. Yeah. And then they'll help out. Sometimes they'll write me up a spec sheet, how things are to be done from start to finish, what products, and I can send that to the builder. The builder can see it. And as well, they'll come out and inspect it. If I call them and say, can you just come out and have a look? I've done this so they can see that I've done it right from the start. Yeah, nice. That's really That's- good. That's pretty awesome, mate. Yeah, now certainly Melbourne has got some um, superstars when it comes to representatives of of different brands down there. I know a few of the guys. So, um, particularly being down there for ten years, we yeah. uh, we, we cross paths on many occasions. Yeah, mate. Tell me one of the big things in with waterproofing and tiling because they're sort of like a they're a family relationship, right? They're sort of brother and sister or mum and dad. You know, they they go together and they're. One's, one's part of the preparation and then one's part of it, obviously the finishing, um, well, tiling is a finishing trade for, you know, any particular project. Waterproofing products are generally all fairly, they can be the same, but also very different as well in their, in their chemical makeup. Um, yeah. Do you, do you have a, a particular method in making sure that there's compatibility between the tile adhesives and the waterproofing membranes on any given job or do you just, do you, yeah, how do you do that? Do you do you engage with the tiling contractor to to work through that, or is that something that you leave for them to um to to research and make sure that it's all good? Um, well, yeah. So what happens there is I'll so I do a lot of work with tilers, and I tell them what I'm using. Yeah. Um, they'll know the brands that I always use because it's always like grip set and that, and the glues they use are always compatible with it, so they know they just won't use anything for them. Yep. I'll make sure they'll double check. They'll check the supplies or the reps that it all works. Mm. And, yeah, there's, there's never been an issue with a glue that hasn't stuck down to my waterproofing. So that's positive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we have gone back, you know, just in case, like we have gone back to a job where the architect or someone wasn't happy with the way they've set out something, so they've gone to change. And, like, 
everything's been stuck together. Like I had to go repair the waterproofing because the glue was stuck to the waterproofing. The waterproofing was stuck to the screeds. You know, it's all been stuck together and we've seen it. Yeah. Sometimes we don't mind when a job like that happens, when a builder wants to rip out something. Yeah. Because we get to see what all the materials do. Yeah. And then like me and the tile will turn around and go, yep, everything's been going good. Everything's sticking. So don't change what you're doing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah so that's it it's sometimes benefit when, like we've spoken about it, it is a benefit when you get to see, like, it's annoying because you've got to go back and repair a job, but yeah. it's good to see that things are working. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, it's um, it's one of those things today. I think um, my time in the adhesive space when I was working for a couple of different companies was over a decade ago now, and um, I was probably at the tail end, I think, of a lot of the more um, solvent-based polyurethane membranes and things like that. And there's been a lot of advancements in waterproofing since then. And there's a lot more compatibility between cementitious um, membranes and and obviously cement-based adhesives and, and then water-based polyurethane products. So there's not as much of a, a reaction today as what there was, say, 10, 15 years ago. And you had to be a little bit more um, picky, particularly about some of the membranes because they just they, – they're some of them had very minor compatibilities with some adhesive. So you had to do um, extra coatings of, of particular products to help bind the glues together. Yeah. So it was, but yeah, it's, or, um, it's or a, throw sand, throw sand in it to make it very gritty. So it yeah. Stick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. A common, uh, a common thing in the industry, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I hear. Some people say, just throw sand on it. I'll be fine. Oh yeah. Yeah. I heard that a lot. I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Mate. Um, hey, look, tell me a little bit more about your business. I mean, you're a young fellow, a um, couple of guys working for you, mate. Um, what um, Have you got any um, future plans for your business in terms of expansion or taking on different types of work or different jobs? Uh, t- tell me about that. Um, yeah, for the future for us, um, we took on epoxy flooring last year, started last year. Oh, cool. So we do a bit of that as well, just to break up, you know, a bit of the days. Yep. Um Tiling still happens here and there, very, very rare. It will happen. Um, we'll, we'll jump in, we'll help our tiler mates out, so we do that. Yep. Um, but for us, for the future, probably looking into probably hire another probably one or two guys. Um, I don't want to get off the tools. I like being on the tools most of the week. If I have to get off one day a week, I'm, I'm happy to get off, just, just do all the paperwork for everything. Yeah. Um, but wouldn't mind um, getting into like inspection work and stuff like that and helping out tilers or even waterproofers, you know, like where if they don't know how to use a product and they can't get a hold of the rep and they call me, they're like, oh, can you come out, show us how to use this product? Mm. I wouldn't mind doing something like that down the track. Yeah, nice. Um, just, just to help out guys because, yeah, they're – I've done it before. I've called up another waterproofer. Can you help me out? I don't know how to do this. And they've helped me out. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't mind doing something like that and inspecting waterproofing, um, pre-waterproofing and after waterproofing is complete. That's probably the main way I'd like to go. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I look, at there's definitely a need for, and I think it's it, it's moving more and more in that direction where we, we do have a lot more people jumping into that consultancy space. Um, yeah. I'm not sure about, you know, the, the other trades, but definitely in that tiling and waterproofing space, there's, there's a lot of that happening at the moment. I think the years of um, the last couple of decades where we've seen a number of problems occur has, um, you know, I don't want to, want to use the right words here, but probably annoyed a few people and they've gone, yeah. I love the industry, I love the trade, I love the game that I'm in and I'm sick and tired of seeing poor quality um, workmanship dished out. Um, yeah. and, and look, I think people never intentionally get up every morning and, and 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 set their agenda for the beginning of the day to actually go out and produce poor workmanship. I think there's a, there's a whole mix of things there in terms of training, educating, um, yeah. having the right products available. Um, you know, the the pressure that some contractors will receive from from um, you know sort of the the builders. There's a number of things that can cause that. So, but I think we're now we're seeing the effect of all of this work that's um, been not great 
or, yeah. or I could call it. And there's more and more people going, hey, putting their hand up, I really want to be a part of building a better future. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people, I, social media and stuff now, doing a lot of things as well. There's this guy, I can't think of his name. He's in Melbourne. Um, have you seen him? He's on, uh, he, he started, he uh, does building inspections. Ah, uh, um, yes, the inspector, yes. Yeah, inspector. Uh, I've seen his videos, yes. He's awesome. I love his voice. <laughs> the guy is terrific. <laughs> but he's so thorough with what yeah. he does. And when you see his videos, just I hope people don't think that's a full representation of every single house that gets done because it's not yeah. the case. But but when you see it, like, you know, you shake your head as a build being if, if you're in the in the game, you shake your head and you go, Who signed off on this stuff? Like Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my God. And personally they a lot of builders will be probably paranoid not wanting him to come on their sites, you know. Oh, absolutely. And it's good that they're putting this stuff on um, social media as well, the inspectors. So, you know, some builders can start picking up on their things and tradies saying, yeah. oh, hopefully we don't get one of these guys on site, you know, because um, then we're stuffed. Our name's going to probably get dragged in the mud. Yep. But I reckon the best thing that's happening now is a lot of the suppliers out there are knowing their materials. Mm where if you went back about probably 15 years ago, there was a lot of suppliers that didn't know their materials. Like they knew what they were, don't get me wrong, but more of the fact not, how can I say, like teaching us tradies what to buy and not to buy. Mm. So, you know, if you have a look where we go, I go down to Wall Boulevard in Coburg. The boys oh, over yeah, there. Lukey. Yeah, good old Lukey. And before I met Luke, I, we just, you know, dad was an old tiler, you know, you just, you just use pretty much the normal glue you could just get, the cheapest glue. Yeah. Then when I met Luke, he started teaching us about glue, you know, mm. and he does it with a lot of his tradies that go in there. It's like, what are you buying that glue for? Oh, I need it for this. No, 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 no. You don't use that glue. You use that glue. And that's what helps out a lot of tilers and waterproofers now because they can go to the supplies. The supplies will help them, you know. Use this, don't use that. Why are you buying so much of that? Where are you putting it? Are you using C1 glue in a shower base? And they're like, yeah, no, don't use that. Go buy that glue there for a shower base. And that's, I reckon, the benefit now. The suppliers help out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Good. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I, really I learned good. a lot. I learned a, a lot off Luke and social media. Yeah. I was a young kid growing up, didn't know, just buy any glue and you keep going. And then... You know, just start speaking to people, and they're like, "No, you got to use this. You got to use that," because there was mm. no social media to teach us. Mm. No, and so. that's and that's and that's a big thing, right? That, that that's a huge thing for the industry, more than likely across many trades. But I'm certainly not sitting there scrolling through Instagram looking at what plumbers and sparkies are doing. But certainly because we're in the we're all sort of involved in the tiling and waterproofing trade. Um, you know, we're looking at finished products. So there's obviously a lot more um, sexy tiling to look at than, you know, pipes yeah. behind a wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's good to see that, you know, there is this, there's like this group of people out there now um, super proud of the work that they're, they're doing and they're publishing it in a social way so that everybody can see it. And yeah. um, we didn't have that sort of 15 years ago. So it's um well you know there was a, websites were around but certainly they were um very clunky compared to t- today you can spend a couple of minutes and you know you've got a post done yeah. and everyone can see what you're working on and it, it's um yeah it's really awesome and it, it it sort of it lifts the bar sort of raises yeah. the bar a lot in terms of quality um in the industry it makes you want to work better you've seen yeah. other people's work and you're like I don't do it like that that looks really good I want to do that you know. Yeah. Like if you go back a couple of years back, no one was really using Tenax uh, in miter joins and now everyone's doing it because yes. they've seen it on social media and they're like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. You know, so and even like waterproofing, um, a lot of guys never used to tape up around showers because they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. We're just tiling the whole thing. Yeah. Now everyone's taping it all up, making it look nice and neat so they can get a nice photo for social media and yeah. it's, make, it's making themselves look nice and neat as well to the clients and the builders. Yep. So it's good. That's, just, that's the best thing about social media. It's making everyone want to present themselves better and better. Yeah, 
And you've you've got some social pages as well, mate, haven't you? You've got yep. um, Instagram and Facebook, I think, as well. Yeah, got Instagram and Facebook. Precision water, precision dot waterproofing. Yep. Um, used to have precision dot tiling, so people have asked, "Are you the same person?" Okay, yeah, that was me. Yeah. Uh, but nothing happens on the tiling page anymore. It's just still up there to keep in contact with some friends. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, mainly everything's running through the waterproofing page now. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Well, mate, we're sort of um, we, we're getting we're getting to uh, the curly end of some of my questions today, and I, and I just want to um, one of the things that I like to talk about with the guests that come on the show is is specifically about what are some of the biggest mistakes that they've made in business and and in life that they've learned from that they would, are prepared to share with the audience because it you know we we sort of all sit back and we I think we reflect upon and analyze our lives from um, time to time and. Yeah, we 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 always make mistakes, and I think that's fundamentally the best way of learning and becoming better and doing greater work. Um, yeah, you, tell us about um, you know, a time that that's happened for you. Okay, best. Um, I gotta say, I wish when I started, like I was starting off, I did a business course. Yeah, because going into like all the paperwork, um, learning about. The money, how it's meant to cash flow and all that stuff. You know, just being a young kid, starting to do cashies, weekend work, to jumping into running a business and not knowing about taxes and all that stuff properly. I probably would recommend if you're going to start your own business is do like a small little business course or sit down with your accountant. Even if you say to him every three months, let me sit down with you for a couple of hours, go through things to just learn. Yeah, that's where I probably made a bit of mistakes with like money side of things. Okay, yeah. um, and just listening to other tradies, like, um, you know, like I remember Dad saying to me back in the day when we started, and I started getting a couple more builders on board, and he'll be like, "Don't worry, just start the job. We'll get back there tomorrow and finish it, and we'll start this other one the next day." No, 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 Dad, we have to finish this one now. Because you have to open up more jobs for you to keep cash flow going and that. But I didn't listen. Parents mm. are always wrong, right? You know, that's how <laughs> we always half the time kids say that. Oh, no, nah, don't listen to mum and dad. We just do what we want. <laughs> but my old man was right. Um, 100% he was right. And that's what I tell a lot of guys now. You know, I speak to and they're like, nah, just do one job at a time, get paid. I go, nah, you got to open up jobs. You just got to open them. Like, mm. especially with tiling and waterproofing. You've got to wait for screed to dry, waterproofing to dry. You've laid a floor, it's winter. You can't go back on it for at least two, three days. So I go to you've got to open up jobs so you can keep working. Otherwise, you're gonna have breaks in between and no money. And that's another one, opening a bit of jobs, but don't mm. lie to your builders. Like don't take on too many jobs and start them and then you can't get back there for three, four weeks. Like keep them moving nice and neat. Um yeah. and that's Very it, cool. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's very cool. And get guys to help you. Don't be scared. Yeah. Um, you know, don't hide your business. Like, no, 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 I'm not going to get that guy to help me because then he's going to try steal my builder. No one's mm-hmm. going to steal your builder. It's a different day and age. Um, if your builder's loyal to you, he's going to stay for you. If he's not, let him go for that guy. You didn't need him as a builder because um, it just shows what type of guy he is. Mm. Um that's probably another main thing. Just, yeah, if you need help, call calling guys, mates, you know, and if they help you, well, help them back. That's mm. another one I'll say. Help them back. Take off a day and go work with them. Yeah. So even I've worked for free some days just to learn some things as well. So that was yeah. a positive. I've yeah, that's said- that's a pretty that's a pretty big move, right? You know, and, and yeah. having that network of people around you within the industry that you can call on to ask some questions i know i know there's um you know facebook's out there and there's the um oh, can't think of it for a second tile geeks australia and there's yeah. a lot of questions that get thrown around there and tyler, um, tyler's tyler's inc i was a part i'm part of that one tyler's inc yeah that's on yeah. there as well and then you got and uh, guys throw out questions on there and people help out like yeah. you know yeah there's a little bit of banter that happens you know oh, just of have course. fun <laughs> um, but it's you got to ask those questions like yeah you know I still ask questions about waterproofing. I don't know everything about it. Yeah. Um, so you got to ask the questions. And I've, like I've said, 
I've gone and worked for people for free, you know, just just to learn. Guys have called me up saying, look, whenever you're doing that again, tell me. I want to come learn it. Don't pay me for the day. Just I want to sit there and just watch you. And I've, I've had guys come along and just watch because they've got to make money too. I'm not going to hide the material and the way it's done from them. So, And when he learns how to do it, then when I've got big jobs, we can call each other and help each other. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so it's good. Very cool. Nick, um, I'm going to change gears for a second and um, ask you some of uh, my favourite fast track questions. But before I do, mate, family, you're a family man? You've got young kids? Yeah. yeah, got two boys, young boys. One's five, turning six soon, and the littlest is turning three already this year. Wow. Yeah, you've growing too young. quick. <laughs> you've too got quick. Little boys. And yeah, you mentioned earlier you're uh, into footy, hey? So who's your um, who's yeah. your favourite team? Uh, the good old cats. Oh, uh, the good old cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. So, no, they're great. Uh Love taking the boys down there to watch them and local footy too. So part of local footy. Yeah, so awesome. Yeah, footy, footy's been life for us for a very long time. So yeah, it's it's like religion in Melbourne. It is. It yeah. is religion. If you're not at the AFL, you're at local football. So yeah, that's great. <laughs> I um I remember when I first moved down there in 2012, my partner and I were searching for a place to live, and I was um. I had the task of finding somewhere for somewhere for us to 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 rent, and uh, I looked at a couple of different rentals. And you know, back then it was still the same. You know, thirty forty people rocked up at most of the rental um, viewings, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be painful. I'm not going to find anywhere. And at the time, I was living in um, accommodation in Preston. Um, yeah. there's a, there was the Ridges sort of short term accommodation there. I'm not sure what it's called now, um, but it was really cool. And then I, yep. I thought, oh, I found this property in, in Richmond, but it was really old. So it was like <laughs> in this really old sort of 70s, late maybe 60s, 70s building. It was sort of dark and a little bit, you know, the sun never hit it. And as you know, if you, if any for any of the anyone listening out there that's from Melbourne or lived in Melbourne, you know that winter is um, horrible cold. Um, cold. and super cold. So when you're in a dark building with very little sun, it, you know, it's five or six degrees colder in winter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and um, I was was sort of lucky that we there was only three people that turned up to the um, the the viewing, so I was great. I pulled the um, I pulled the the the, um, the real estate person aside and I said, "What do I need to do to secure this property?" And she goes, "Here's the application." And back then it was like still writing it out in paper. <laughs> so I grabbed the application of off her. I filled it out um, there and then gave it back to her, and and you know she did the rest. And we ended up securing the property and we lived there for like i think three or four years before we bought in brunswick west and uh then it was just through the course of that application that within the first 12 months of us living there people are like oh okay you're from queensland so who do you support in the afl and that was the most common question that <laughs> asked and i'm like i don't have a team but if i have to pick one i'll have to go with the uh the the tigers because that's where we've First lived in uh, in oh, wow. Melbourne, so and then I think that year or the year after they won the uh, the premiership, so it was like, Woo-hoo. yeah, you got to see the Tigers win a flag. A lot of people took them a long time to watch that, but you were good. <laughs> yeah, so I got there pretty exactly got there pretty quick, and then all of a sudden, bang, it happened. <laughs> so, so, if, so if you're a Queensland boy, you'll be a league. You would have been into the league or union. Yes, yeah, league, league. I'm not a yeah. not a big union fan. I um I'm a, a Brisbane Broncos supporter all the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's so good. They've, they've had their ups and downs, but hopefully uh, this year, Kevy Walters will be able to, uh, the coach will be able to turn things around. Um, no, that's good. Hope Tom, so. Tom will tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. So, mate, I've got just a, a couple of questions for you to, to wrap up today. And um, yeah. and thanks for sharing everything you have so far. It's been, been incredible. No dramas. Um, mate, tell me a little bit about, your morning routine. What does it look like for you in the day of Nick? What what happens? Oh, so the morning for me, uh, wake up. We wake up really early. It's about between six six thirty in the morning. We meet yep. up. Uh, we got a little storage unit where we keep all our tools and materials, so the boys have access to. So me and the boys will meet up there. Doesn't matter where we're going. We just meet up there every morning. Um, meet up there, we'll set up our tools, who needs what, who's going in what car, if they're going together or who's coming for me. And then from there, we'll go across the road, we'll get our coffees, have our little chat, um, 
talking crap from the night before what's happened yeah nice and then from there we head off could be at the same job or we all could be at different jobs and we move around um yeah and then depends some days like i try like i said i try to take off a wednesday to do my paperwork yeah cool if if i do i head down to uh Lukey's shop down at the boulevard and I sit upstairs in the office and lets me do my paperwork up there. Drink all his coffee too. Yeah, yeah, drink all his <laughs> coffee. Uh, hide upstairs from everyone. I'll do my paperwork and then, yeah, come home to try. I try my hardest to do the pickup run yeah, from nice. school and kinder. That's my goal, but it gets hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And then nice, man. Sit, that's on, cool. sit, sit on the computer some nights, try not, try not to do computer work at night. Yeah, that's what my Wednesdays are for. But yeah, that's mainly our day. Mate, that's that's excellent. Um, really, really good rundown. I like it. Yeah. Um, tell me if you could if you had could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? One meal for the rest of my life. Um, if my wife is listening to this, she'll say straight away, pizza. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm that type. I don't know. For some reason, I got the soft spot for pizza. I'm like, yeah, just get pizza. I'll have that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind it with pizza. So that's mine. Yeah, nice. I like it. Um, yeah, I'm the same. I'm a big um, pizza fan. I, I spent 10 years in the industry. So I think from when I was 13, no, 14 and a half till about 22, I used to well, work for I, the mate. And I'm just simple. I just always get cappuccinos wherever I go. Uh, nice. Just a it's got a good guy. It's got a good mix of ingredients, man. You, yeah, you can't ask for anything. Oregano, uh, cabanossi, pepperoni. I think um, if I'm getting this right, mushrooms. Maybe sometimes capsicum. Yeah. So I've been, uh, no one does capsicum down here. It must be a Queensland thing then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably is a Queensland <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, mate, uh, tell me about any if there is. Um, uh, Tell me about um, any professional. Uh, do you have any professional mentors or men, uh, you know, in your life that have helped you along the way? Uh, mentors. I'll have to say, my only professional mentor is my old man. Yeah. Um, he's the one that taught me everything about the trade. Nice. Um, even just being like my wife says to me, she goes, "You're street smart." So, you know, like anything outside and all that, I'll do. Yeah. Um, happy to get myself dirty. Um, yeah, dad, dad, pretty much. Yeah, I'd say my mentor. He's taught me a lot. Yeah, um, that's about cool. everything. Yeah, I so like that. It's good. Even about building, not not just tiling, like about building everything. You know, like I built a house not long ago, and I he was here just pretty much every day, pointing things out, showing me what to do. I'd go up to him, Dad, what do I do here? How do I do this? How do I do that? And yeah, he's always got an answer because he knows he knows it all. Yeah, so it's that's good. cool. Very excellent. Yeah. Mate, one last question and then uh then we'll wrap it up. Um what um oh I had this before, it was in the back of my mind and I was thinking about it and I was listening to you and then you know how you have those moments in life where yeah. you just escape your mind like momentarily and you're like, I have to keep talking because if I don't, it won't come back. <laughs> and then when you when then when you hang up the phone, you're like ah, that's what I have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> that always happens. It's just come to me. Okay. Um, if you could start another business tomorrow, what would it be? Another business tomorrow. Um, ooh, if I went back to start a trade, I'd probably going to be an electrician. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but electrician or auto-electrician because I always wanted to do that when I was a kid. Yeah, right. The, um, I don't know what I would start as a business if I went to – I've always wanted to do something with food. I've I've always had ideas with foods, some food. different, you know, yeah. something with food. But I don't know. I actually don't even know. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm a bit of a fan of the food food option, like doing something. Well, when I say that, food if that if food includes cocktails, it'd be that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I think because Melbourne's such a city where there's a lot of like hipsters and that that do these funky food things and it just goes crazy yeah and i always think of something I'm like oh maybe if i start that you know it'll take off here in melbourne yeah, yeah. and then you <laughs> see that shop down the road a couple of months later and you're like damn it i knew it <laughs> and you see it even more today right because of yeah. the algorithms that are out there you're like you if you think of something like no joke within seconds and sometimes minutes definitely Bang. not hours but you'll see something online and go i was just actually thinking about that what the hell yeah 
Yeah, that's right. Mm. Not wrong. I wouldn't know what I'd start. Don't know. Yeah, it's all right. That's good, mate. <laughs> I don't know. You've you've got some you've got some some pretty uh, pretty exciting and in, interesting ideas here. If uh, if you happen to you know kick off something yeah. else, you might even do podcasting. Who knows? You never know. I'm I'm actually the worst public speaker going in the world. So, <laughs> well, mate, you've uh, you've eclipsed it today. You've done great. And um and on that note, um, whilst we conclude today, I, I do always like to ask, um, you know, Tiling Connect is obviously about you know strengthening the business of tiling. And connecting in with people to, you know, get the best information out there. How do people get go about connecting with Nick? What's the best way for them to reach out to you, buddy? Um, probably Instagram's the best. Yep. Uh, precision.waterproofing. And probably just give me a call. Um, text messages, I've, because of work, received probably about three, four, or even probably sometimes 10, and it goes down the list pretty quick. Yep. So I miss them. I apologize to all, all the builders or clients that I've missed Yeah, uh, because it just goes. But missed calls always get a return back. And, yeah, phone, phone calls and Instagram are probably the best. Yeah, fantastic. And, mate, look, we'll, we'll sh- definitely share all of your um, the details you've just mentioned in the show notes so that people can actually reach out and, and, and chat with you and, and maybe even, you know, um, give you a call about your, your, your business and, and how, yep. they, how you can connect in and do some work for them. Um, yep. So that's awesome, mate. I just want to um, take my hat off for a second and, and thank you very much, Nick, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. It's um, it's episodes like this that help um, connect the best people in the industry to um, you know share as much information as we can and, and as I said before, strengthen the business of tiling. And uh, mate, yeah, I um, yeah, uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much uh, for having me on board and. Yep appreciate it so that I can be on here and give you some information and a bit about myself. Good on you, Thank Nick. You mate, mate, you're very welcome. Have a great week and and until you next too. time, mate, we'll, uh, we'll connect, uh, stay connected, hey? Thanks for listening to this episode of Tiling Connect. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast. To see more of Tiling Connect, jump on our socials and follow us via LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like to be part of the show, email us at tilingconnect at gmail.com. Until next time, stay connected. Stay connected.